welcome to The Mental Checkout, where we believe we are all leaders and we're all trying to live our best lives. Where we provide store therapy and mindful retail, bringing you other perspectives to help you through not only your workday, but our everyday life. If you find this podcast helpful, please do me a favor, follow, leave a review, and share with your friends and family, because remember, we are all CEOs. Let's get started. Welcome to this episode of The Mental Checkout. And today, I really want to talk about scams going around. The reason that I want to talk about it, and I've just seen and heard a lot of it happening lately, and recently, I personally got to see a lady. She lost over $50,000 thinking that she had a warrant out for her uh, for not filing the proper paperwork for her PPE loan. Uh, Last week, my mom received a phone call stating that it was my son and he needed bail money. She also received a letter from Canada saying she won the lottery. And my dad, he even got scammed uh, trying to sell his own pickup on BizMan. My own team, they receive calls all the time trying to scam them. And I even had a cashier take all the money out of the store, literally shut the store down and wire it to the scammers and I know that we're all sitting out there thinking how stupid all this is and that it would never happen to you. You would never fall for it and neither would your loved ones. But I can assure you that it does and it can. These scammers, they do not discriminate. They don't care your age, your sex, or your race. So today I brought in Captain Jason Kraft to join us. He's going to give us a perception on these scams and... I want to thank you for coming in, Jason. And I just want to ask you a few questions. Um, were you familiar with our our problem up at one of our locations? That was so heartbreaking. <laughs> yeah, for, yeah. First, thanks for having me on. And yeah, we're familiar with that. You know that incident that occurred at your location, and uh, unfortunately, that's something that happens just all too often. Yeah. W- what are some of the scams that that you've seen? people fall for like this lady they uh, had told her that she didn't file the proper ppe work and like i was involved in this one i just happened to see her her paperwork looked so real like it looked like a real warrant it had her remember matt it had her signature on there her real ppe loan yeah with obviously with today's technology and just a simple google search uh, finding paperwork and modifying it is something that can be done and simple seconds. You know, somebody can find uh, an actual warrant out of our court or a federal court, and all they need to do is basically change some names and send that off as a forged document, and it's pretty easy to trick people. Really? And the other thing with that particular one, the what I had grabbed her phone out of her hand, and Matt, who's also with us, he... um was on the phone with you with the police the numbers were the exact same so the number on her phone was your phone number yep that's some called the caller id spoofing uh it's again it's something through the use of the internet that's not all that difficult for people to do it is a crime in north dakota to spoof a phone number um but 
again, that's not stopping these, you know, people that are scammers, but yeah, with voice over IP, uh, calling, they're able to spoof the phone number that shows up on your caller ID. So wow. it's, uh, makes it even more difficult for people to kind of know that they're being scammed. Yeah. The, and you know, they really played, um, one, they seep slept to, or sleep deprived this lady, like she'd been up for two days. So that got her. And then they really worked out of fear with her. Like they played mind games with her. Yeah, that is one of the tactics is fear and uh, threat of being immediately arrested or uh, whatever. There's always a threat that goes along with it. And nobody in law enforcement is going to be threatening you on the phone that right. we're going to come and arrest you unless you pay us over the phone. That's just that's just not going to happen. Uh, if it does, there's some serious issues, you know, ethical issues with that. And obviously it's criminal uh, probably right. to do that. So you should not be getting any call like that from any legitimate law enforcement officer to, you know, solicit payment for anything. Right. What What are some other ones? Have you heard about this? So my mother, she received a phone call and they pretended to be my son and that they needed bail money. Have you heard of that one? Yeah, that's also artificial intelligence uh, applications that are, um, call it, whether well, they, they're um, copying your voice. I'm afraid. Oh, the AI, yeah. like AI app? Yep, AI can basically be trained to learn someone else's voice, and then they type in to uh, basically into the a web interface what they want that voice to say, and then they can, you know, project that, I guess. Okay. When I was trying to do this for our listeners, one of the things when I was reading about that AI, one of the things that it said was that every family should have a code word. And then if you don't know the code word, you know that it's not real. Yep. That'd be a good idea. Um, One thing we tell people when they call in, because we get people that'll call us throughout the day, sometimes frantic that, hey, I just got a call from you stating I was going to get arrested. I'm on my way to the bank. I just wanted to let you know. And then we'll tell them immediately. So one of the big things that we like to push to people is, is that if you're ever in doubt, hang up, find the number for that agency that you know is from a legit source, whether you Google it, you know, that county sheriff's office, police department, and call them yourself and ask, hey, I got this call and, and make sure that it's valid. Uh, okay. You know, then it's then you don't have to consider the validity of the spoofing, you know, or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And again, law enforcement knows that people are spoofing our phone numbers. So if you are talking to an officer and you request to call dispatch or the agency and say, "Hey, I just want to make sure that you're actually an officer. I'm going to call your agency." No officer should have a problem with that anymore because we understand that these issues are just that's becoming so common. Yeah. How many calls a week do you guys think you get from just people saying they're getting scammed? I bet at least one a week. Sometimes there's more, two, three. Really? The warrant, this, this, which you mentioned with the warrant, that individual or not that individual, but that particular type of scam has probably been going on for maybe close to six, seven months now where they've been creating these fictitious warrants yeah, uh, and they're just, they're ever evolving. You know, when I first started working investigations, it was mail, you know, they'd get something in the mail and they'd send it off or maybe it was a job posting and 
uh, hey, cash this check and then send me some of it and you keep some. And uh, then they find out the check's bad and then that person's, you know, out the money with their bank or whatnot. But things are just, they're just constantly evolving. Uh, so this is issue with AI and uh, basically counterfeiting someone's voice, you know, is going to be another level of awareness that people are going to have to gather throughout society. Yeah. The, were you uh, familiar? Another one, I'm trying to think of ones that I personally know or heard of happening, but another one that happened to us, Matt, remember, was um, we had a cashier, and I've, I've had another company that they did this at also, but they call and they pretend they're the owner or somebody higher up in the company and then we're in trouble, we don't have gas money, or they need gift cards, or they had my girl, and she it was her first day by herself. They had her take all the money out of the store, shut down the store, go to Walmart and wire it to them. And, you know, we train our team like, we don't do business over the phone, period. I don't care who it is, anyone that needs me knows my number, or take their number, we'll call them back. But we don't even answer questions on the phone anymore. Yeah, you gotta be you gotta be conscious about who you're talking to and are you actually talking to the person you think you are. Right. And that's again where I go back to is reach out to them in a way that you you reach out to them, not them reaching out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not them you, telling you, you what that, to do. You initiate that contact back, you know, instead of them calling you from what you think is a good number, you don't you just you don't know. Um, and there's a lot of a lot of instances, like I said, where people are just frantic and it doesn't matter. Again, you, you, we've had someone show up in surgical scrubs uh, uh, saying they just left the hospital and we're looking to settle this uh, warrant. So it's it doesn't matter, you know, and these are very intelligent, educated, you know, to it's not just the elderly, you know, they're falling scam to the, or, you know, falling victims to this. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if you're young, you're old, uh, you could be targeted and you could potentially fall for it. So it's. Have, have you heard of the, um, so my, uh, this was a while ago. My, my mother received a letter saying she won the Canadian lottery. And I'm like, did you buy the lottery ticket? She said, no. I said, then you didn't win the lottery. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's an old one. You know, that's an old one. A lot of people are immediately familiar with, but, and like, they still try. Yeah. Still trying. Uh, Matt, you had one. Tell us about, um, the Facebook one. Do you, do you guys get a lot of Facebook ones? I haven't really heard of much through Facebook. No, I've, so, uh, well, I actually had two on Facebook. One was for a dog. I was trying to buy a dog. They had an ad on Facebook. Um, the people were out of Stanley, which isn't far from here. And so I wrote to them and I said, I'm really interested in the dog. I said, um, when can I see the dog? And the lady said, well, I'll take back and said, well, we can bring him to Minot for you, but we need a deposit on the dog. And I thought that seemed reasonable because, you know, otherwise they could sell it. So I was willing to do a deposit, but she, I tried to do it on Facebook through Facebook pay. And it said, this account has been blocked for suspicious activity. And I said, hmm, that's weird. So then I said to her, you know, I can't send you any money. It says your account's blocked. Oh, well, we had a problem with the bill we were paying, she told me. And I said, okay. And she said, do you have Zelle? And I'm like, no. Do you have Cash App? I said, no. I said, hey, why don't we just do it this way? You bring the dog to Mina. When you get to Mina, I'll give you the money. You give me the dog. Pretty simple. Or I'll come to Stanley. 
She goes, well, we don't have the gas to get to mine it. That's the problem. We need the money for gas. And I was like, okay. And so then she wanted me to wire to some other guy's fate. And I'm like, nah, something's wrong here. Like this doesn't make good sense. So I didn't send her any money. I did put on their own post in the comments, like, well, this is a scam. Because I didn't know what else to do with it. I mean, you know, and then one was I was looking for an apartment and I um, wrote to the people that it was a private owner that had a place for rent in Minot, but they don't live in Minot. The house is actually real. The address is on there. I went by it. It's a real location. So I said, okay, when could I see the place? Well, we need you to fill out all this paperwork before you can view the apartment. And I said, well, why would I view, why would I fill out paperwork before I view it? Like, what if I don't want it? Like, what are the point of that? Social security, birthday. They wanted all my information, social security number, birth date, like all your information. Then they see if you qualify to view the apartment. I'd be like, I've never heard of that in my life. Like, who does that? So I didn't do it. I wouldn't give them the information. I put on there that that was a scam as well. And then later on, I had one that was through an agency same deal. They wanted the paperwork filled out. And I said, I'll tell you what, I'll come to your office and fill out the paperwork in person, but I won't do it online. Nope. They wouldn't let me see the apartment. So. You, are you familiar with any of those one? No, I, I haven't heard of those. Yeah. And that's not, they, the only one that asked me for money was the dog one, obviously, but the other two wanted my information. Like they wanted all, like my banking information, my social security, like they could have done anybody in with that information. The other one that I wanted to really throw out there was I have some friends and for business owners, we use uh, QuickBooks a lot and they got scammed because QuickBooks said their subscription was up. So click on this link and it'll take you to there. And no, their subscription wasn't up. I mean, I had a girlfriend trying to thought she had a virus on her computer and followed all the prompts on her computer. And that was a scam. How do our listeners know? Is there any things that you can tell us to watch out for? Yeah, it's difficult. I, I agree. It's difficult. And there's just so many. I think ultimately, if something doesn't seem right, it's probably not right. You know, if it just doesn't seem right, you know, uh, that I guess the lack of better words, stranger danger sort of feeling, you know, you're taught as a kid. Yeah. If it just doesn't seem right, take a second, step back and ask, um, like Matt did and just say, why, you know, why are they asking for this? And why would you, why do I need to fill this paperwork out to see an apartment? Right. You know, with all this information or. The kind of question. Yeah. Question back what's going on. Yeah, certainly. I mean, it's your information it's your data. It's. It's your stuff, you know, I mean, you control it. You don't have to just give that up to somebody and then, and question, well, why do you really need all this? You know, I'm, and, and be cognizant. I mean, some of it, it's, it's gotta be, you know, you gotta, you gotta take a little bit of, uh, I call it, uh, initiative on your, on your own part too, to question all these things and not just flat out trust everybody because you just can't. What are some, um, things that we can do to keep ourselves safe. So I tried to do a lot of research for this podcast for my listeners. And um, some of the things that I found was like, make strong passwords on your electronics, whether it's your phone or your computer, never give out information, always hang up and call the person back, have a family uh, make passcodes. Uh, do you know any other 
Uh, I would say a lot of your accounts now, you have the option of making sure you have two-factor authentication. Okay. So it'll text you a code or something else to uh, verify that it's you. Oh, Sometimes okay. it'll email you, say, email me a code to verify that it's me. Um, but also, if you have like a Google account or some of these other accounts, you can go into your settings and you can actually see if there's any other devices logged in. Uh, so if there is a scammer that all of a sudden is logged into your Gmail, uh, if you go into your Google settings, you can see every device that has basically the passcode and the credentials saved in it. So if you see one in there that you don't recognize, or you can just say, hey, log out every device that's using my Google account. And that way, next time they have to log in, you can use two-factor authentication and you know you're getting the code. Uh, so now you know that, hey, there's not a device out there that's floating with my account information saved in it. Um, then you just sign them all out and you can kind of start, start over because people get you sign in from a work computer. You maybe sign in from your cell phone or a tablet or whatever right. at different spots. And somebody else could sign into that computer and potentially get access. So it's good to go into those settings uh, and see what all the devices are that are currently logged in. And okay. get rid of the devices that maybe you don't recognize um, or just, you know, start start clean with it. So that's one thing uh, you can do in two-factor authentication is, is a big one to really secure is if hackers or a scammer gets control of one thing, maybe they don't have the other two ways. Usually it's, you know, email, usually it's a password, email or text, you know, so having at least two of those is difficult to obtain. Getting one of them, pretty easy, you know, or not so pretty easy, but. They're obtaining them in ways that... And then it said uh, another one that I'm trying to remember all of them that I read, but it also, could you talk a little bit about it said, uh, ne you never send money like to these Bitcoin machines and wire transfers like the police, the sheriff department will never have you put money into a machine or wire them money. Yeah, never. We're never going to ask you to put money into... Uh, any ATM or anything inside some private business yeah. and send money. We're not going to ask you to wire us money. We're not going to ask you to buy green dot, you know, yes. that was yeah. a big one that we were seeing for a while is these green dot cards. We're never going to ask you to buy those cards. Um, and, and yeah, and if, and I, I guess to thank you from the sheriff's office for intervening with this individual recently yeah because i think a lot of that is is if you are a citizen and you see somebody doing something that you see is maybe a little suspicious like at the cvs buying green dot cards scratching off the numbers while on the phone maxing out the purchase amount on each card if you see somebody doing something like that talk to them maybe and maybe you can stop somebody from losing a lot of money because and honestly, the lady that uh, that's happened to up at our store, I had to like fight with her. <laughs> she wouldn't stop. No matter what I said, she was so convinced. And like Matt and I were leaning on the machine. Like I was yelling like, ma'am, listen. Like she just wasn't having it. So I, well, as business owners... I feel like these machines aren't ours, right? Like this Bitcoin machine, for example, it just sits in our store. Like it's not ours. We don't have nothing to do with it. But I do 
train our staff, you know, be mindful, pay attention. If you see somebody over there, like this lady with a tote of $100 bills, like say something. If you see something, say something. And I also hung up signs on my Bitcoin machine. But as business owners, is there anything else we could do to keep our customers safe? Uh, no, I think you're, I think you pretty much covered it. I mean, it's just, like I said, it's just saying something, you know, some, something, um, maybe just finding a way to, you know, you don't want to get into people's business, but right. saying, Hey, um, you know, uh, showing a little concern or finding a way to say, Hey, you've been here a while putting money into this machine. You know, do you familiar with what you're using? Uh, because there's so much awareness. There's so many, there's so many press releases. There's a lot of media attention on what the scams are, but they're always changing. Right. But there's also, uh, we don't have a lot of cases where people are intervening and saying, hey, stop. You know, why are you buying $2,500 worth of these gift cards? You know, uh, it's 10 o'clock at night and you look worried. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, so people, I think a lot of the maybe prevention can go, people can help prevent some of this, I think. Right. Uh, just by simply asking some questions, you know, and if someone takes offense to you asking that question, yeah. you know, I guess, uh, so be it, but I think you, sure didn't do you it. never know, you never know. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, this person event essentially right away, sounds like took offense to you trying to stop them, did. but there's so much fear in some of these people that they are terrified that they're going to be arrested. Um, you know, my, my grandpa was, would have been one of these people who he would have got a call saying that he is about to be arrested or unless he pays this money, I can say with certainty, he would be running down to the bank, yes, getting money and sending it. Um, so, so that's a good one too, is like when we talked after this episode happened, like the problem is people get embarrassed and they get shame. Like, talk about it, talk about, share stories about what's going on, what's happening, because it does plant a seed. So even if they think it's stupid and it, they would, you know, the people that don't know will be like, I heard about this one time. I'm just going to hang up. Yeah. So, you know, the more we can talk about it and, and be mindful not to be so judgmental on these people, we don't know the situations behind it why they're falling for it yeah there's a variety of reasons and it like i said it's fear they're they put fear of getting arrested and nobody wants to go to jail nobody wants to be arrested you yeah. know so they put that fear and they put a sense of urgency behind it too and the the other thing that matt and you can jump into but the other thing that i learned was they tried to keep her silent so the other thing they told her was if you tell anyone else they also will go to jail for in how do they say it like in interfering with federal government stuff or and she believed it so she never talked out loud about it not to anybody the Bates questioned her and it was amazing to me when I finally got her son up there because she was really shook up and when she started talking out loud about it you could see it dawned on her, like, this doesn't even make sense to me. But she had not talked about it out loud. Yeah, yeah. Well, because, like, when I was talking to her, I, and every anybody in a normal situation knows, 
the sheriff's department is not going to call you before they come and arrest you. They're just going to come and arrest you. Right. Like, they're not going to call, hey, we're on our way over. Like, they're not going to do that. Any sensible person knows that, but they're so, they play so many mind games with them. It's psychological warfare that these people don't know up from down. Yeah. So to her, it made perfect sense that they were calling her, telling her, hey, we're going to come do this if you don't pay us money. And not only that, she hadn't slept for two days yeah. or eight. Yeah. And they put a tracker on her phone. Yeah. So that they knew where she was at all times. And I think that really scared her because um, when she would stop, then they would know. And then so she really believed that was a real thing. But the more we can encourage people to, there's nothing to be ashamedful or be embarrassed. And as human beings, we got to quit judging. And like, who cares how it happened? It happened and we got to deal with it. We got to make these people feel safe, you know, and I wanted to thank you guys for coming up. Like when I called, you guys were like, there's nothing we can even do about these. And just that you guys showing up for her made a lot of comfort. Like it calmed her down a lot. And is there anything on your guys' end that you can do to hold these people accountable? And why can't you? Uh, so the investigations are, they're tough. They're, they're tough because of the anonymity of the internet. Um, you know, there's anonymity in this case. This is a cryptocurrency ATM. So there's, there's, there's tracking on it. Um, we're going to have to investigate, but the problem with investigating is, is multi jurisdictions usually. Oh. And there are cases that involve not only our agency, but they could involve five other jurisdictions. Uh, we've investigated these cases before where the, we've tracked uh, like gift cards through Walmart. And within 10 to 15 minutes of those gift cards being loaded, there was already money being moved off of them. Um, so it's difficult to track because they move this, this money so fast. These are usually larger organizations, larger criminal organizations that are involved in it. So it's not just one person, it's multiple people, maybe multiple people that don't even really know each other. Uh, their job is just to do one thing and their job is to do another. We've tracked them overseas uh, to Africa, you know, to countries over there. Uh, we've tracked them to Belgium. Uh, we've tracked them one time to a, a Georgia prison system where we let the prison system know that this was going on and they were aware of it. There was inmates that were they're in life sentences, never, never going to get out, uh, never going to be outside the walls again. Oh, but what do you have to lose? But it was, they said that there was uh, basically burner phones that were smuggled into them um, and that they, you know, would sit in their cells and do this sort of activity. So we've tracked a lot of these cases and this most recent one here, we'll have to, you know, investigate yep. and see where we can, where we can follow. But unfortunately, most of them are dead ends just because they... The anonymity of the internet. Uh, okay. You know, you can, you can get a device that has a data plan that is linked to absolutely nobody. And you can okay. go buy those, you know, at any time. And uh, some of this uh, cryptocurrency, you know, is, there's no, no tracking on who owns some of that. There is in certain instances where the money goes through like a currency exchange, but otherwise you could create a wallet on your phone and again it's not registered to you or anybody or there's no tracking on it and you could send tens of thousands of dollars from your device to someone else 
uh, and it could go on and it can go on. And after a while, it's, it's just, it's really difficult. They're difficult cases. Uh, well, just showing up there, uh, even though there wasn't a lot anyone could do, you really provided comfort for her. Um, say we do fall prey to the scammers. What are some steps that you recommend that we do immediately when we do figure out, oh, shoot, this wasn't real? Yeah, I would report it. You know, it doesn't hurt to report it to law enforcement, even though a lot of these cases uh, are dead ends and we're not going to be able to recover the money. You might have to have a police report with your bank and maybe you can try to recover some money or a credit card company or whatever it is. Um, Also, I guess I'd recommend locking your credit you know, with the credit agencies. So that way, if you did provide them any sort of personal identifying information, that nobody else can open up accounts under your name. Um, and I guess I would change passwords to accounts. Uh, anything that you think you may have provided access to, okay. I would I would go through and do a complete overhaul of all your security. I found, uh, so yesterday my brother had called me and told me that there is a, AARP site and they have monitoring systems to help with fraud. Another site that I found was um, if you do get stuck in these scams, it's called reportfraud.ftc.gov. Reportfraud.ftc.gov. And they help walk people through the process of calling the um, credit bureaus and doing all that. So I, I really want to thank you for coming and talking about it. I do think it is a problem. I do think it's going to get worse and savvier. They're going to get better. And I I really encourage you guys, make family codes, do strong passwords, um, hang up and call the people back. I don't even care if it's a utility company. Don't give them your number. Don't give them information. Hang up and call the utility company back. The IRS, the cops, the any government agency, they're not going to have you wire money. So I really encourage you to talk to everyone in your family, especially the elderly in your households. Um, anything else that you guys can think to share with them? I, I can't think of anything, so we covered it. Okay, well, thank you so much for coming. It has been a pleasure, and as a business owner, I will be mindful, and I will be training my team. I ask any other business owners out there, train your team if they see something to say something, and I encourage us all to talk. Hey, it's Shannon, and I just want to thank you for your gift of your time. It's the one thing that we cannot get back. I want to remind us all today that we are not broken. We are perfectly made. And if this podcast has helped you at all, please like, follow, and share. And be sure to go check out our website at thementalcheckout.com. And if you're going through a situation and you would like another perspective, email them in to shannon at thementalcheckout.com.